If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, observing the return of wonder and curiosity. Curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience for young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. Did you know that Outdoor Classrooms improve children's emotional, intellectual, and behavioral development while helping foster the development of creativity, problem-solving, independence, and confidence? The problem is, overwhelm, fear, and a lack of time can often make achieving any Outdoor Classroom vision into reality more trouble than it's worth. Did you know that we have a membership community at Outdoor Classrooms? It's the leading training community for educators and parents interested in cultivating outdoor classrooms and creating nature-based curriculum. It's a membership to support, collaborate, educate, and bring like-minded educators together. And it's packed with in-depth, practical training and resources for all aspects of planning, running, and growing a sustainable outdoor classroom, plus the community support you need to ensure your teaching gardens achieve their full potential. Today we have Gabrielle Montevecchi from the Hannah School in Beverly, Mass, and we are talking about cultivating community outdoors. She is an incredible principal and is so much more than a principal. She's truly a community leader that plays a prominent leadership role in guiding, directing, and organizing her staff, people to make the community a better place for all. She is someone who has a vision for taking and transforming her outdoor spaces into learning spaces and really inspiring all her teachers. We worked together during the pandemic and now this is her beginning story, uh, not just hers, but her entire community at her school, which you will have a great sense that this is not just her story. This is the community story. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, welcome. We are here for another Outdoor Classrooms Tour and Talk. We are here with the Hannah School, with the Hannah School principal, Gabrielle, and two teachers. And I'm going to have them introduce themselves, and then we're going to flip on over to an incredible PowerPoint, and they're going to kind of tell their Outdoor classroom story. So, Colleen, did you want to start? Sure. Hello, my name is Colleen Shelgren. I teach second grade at the Hannah Elementary School in Beverly. Maeve, do you want to go next to our teachers? Sure. Hello. My name is Maeve Moore. I'm a fourth grade teacher at the Hannah Elementary School in Beverly, Massachusetts. Terrific. And Gabrielle. Hi, I'm Gabrielle Montevecchi, and I'm the principal at the Hannah Elementary here in Beverly. And I'm really excited to be with all of you today. Great. We have these, this 
team has done amazing. So Hannah Elementary kicked off with outdoor learning in the pandemic, really. I'm going to hand this over to you. I guess, Gabrielle, do you want to start? Yeah, definitely. Um, So we are so excited to share our journey to this point. And Victoria, we are so grateful to have had your partnership along the way to have you cheerleading and championing uh, the cause of outdoor learning and encouraging us when we were anxious. And I appreciated you having um, being on my principal speed dial as we <laughs> started this whole process because I, I knew exactly who I had to call. So thank you for being a friend and a mentor in this area and a wonderful colleague to work with. So you can see um, from our pictures. We have a happened to be blessed in Beverly with beautiful outdoor campuses. I am especially proud of our beautiful Hannah campus. Um, We can't say it enough. Uh, We've just got beautiful trees and a pond and our campus backs up to trails. And, you know, I don't really think we ever appreciated it fully until the pandemic. That is for sure. And um, so in uh, launching our outdoor classes, this is what it looked like from the very start. There's a picture of Victoria with a few of our classroom teachers. Um, She actually took learning tours with our teachers to help us plan our outdoor classroom environments to signal for us what was important in terms of safety and overall use of the space that we had available. Uh, We had the benefit of a local landscaping company, Meyer Tree. Um, What a wonderful asset they were. They donated these logs. And so, you know, one thing Victoria highlighted for us as being important was to have some boundary to each of the areas, just as we have, you know, the boundaries of walls in an indoor classroom, we need to set some um, visual boundaries for our our outdoor learning um, as well. So Meyer Tree came I didn't know what to expect. I thought he was going to bring us a truckload of stumps, and that's not what happened, as you can see. <laughs> this is a pretty thrilling and cool day. Um, he showed up with these logs, I mean trees, right, and um, cut them right there on the spot, beautiful fresh cut logs, and we had 120 of them, I believe, initially. And then our custodian, who is not pictured here, Glenn Boudreaux, was like an amazing log thrower. He was picking up the stumps. He was moving them to our outdoor learning areas, getting them all configured so that the kids had boundaries and also places to sit. And that was really huge. It didn't cost anything. It was a, a corporate donation on their part. And we were really grateful for that. Um, a funny story about those logs was the afternoon after they were cut, all these logs were sitting clustered together in one end of the playground. And um, a man who comes to walk his dog after school sometimes stopped stopped by and was like eyeing the logs and I went to get into my car and asked if I could help him and sure enough he wanted to know if that was pretty good for his fire pit and I said oh, oh no 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 those are actually very important pieces of our infrastructure for outdoor learning and he got a kick out of that we also had and have and you will see pictured here uh, the city brainstormed over the summer b- before reopening schools what we were going to use to sit on in our outdoor learning areas so uh, leadership got together and brainstorm some different cost-effective solutions. And I know that all across the country, people have taken hold of this idea. Uh, We were thinking about like the good old Girl Scout sit-upons and something sturdy that the kids could also store their items for learning in, like their, you know, clipboards and pencils and drawing materials and iPads. And we came up with um, asking Home Depot if they could do a really inexpensive price on the buckets. And that's exactly what happened. So the the city purchased buckets for outdoor seating for every 
single elementary school and actually for the middle school as well. Those we continue to use and um, teachers, I'm sure, can touch upon that as we go through uh, the slides this afternoon. But those have been super. They are sturdy. Um, it's amazing. The kids you know, have built some amazing um, biceps. They fill up their buckets with what they need for learning, stack it with a snack, and they tote everything outside to their outdoor learning areas. Um, we decided early on that each of our classrooms was also going to have an outdoor learning designated space. So over time last year in the fall, people really made those spaces their own. Maeve Moore, who's one of our fourth grade teachers who you'll hear from in a little bit, um, fourth grade had some challenges because they were originally out in front by the pond. And we did have a Wi-Fi boost done to make sure that our kids could connect with um, useful apps outside. Um, but um, so they had to shift and make some changes and um, were flexible in moving their outdoor learning um, initially out to the field. But then they also used our indoor courtyards, which are um, within the walls of the building. As you can see, we're really lucky to have those because they provide four-walled shelter, but also still an outdoor environment. And fourth grade continues to use those spaces really, really consistently. And we love that pond area. We just found it wasn't conducive uh, when it came to academics necessarily. You can see I included some awesome creative projects that our kindergarten teams did, really learning to embrace all the change of season around them. These are self-portraits they created from natural materials outside um, and decorated the fence line with beautiful leaf bouquets last mm-hmm. fall. This was an idea. I added this slide of the tent as like a non-example because this did not work so well, but I think it's good to talk about those Absolutely. things. Right? A lot of schools complained about these tents. <laughs> and it was a well-intentioned <laughs> idea. So PTO went out and bought these rather inexpensive like picnic tents that are good for you know once in a while but they're not meant to withstand new england weather they're really not they were really okay until rain came it was right around this time last year thanksgiving time and we had some hail and you should have seen those babies come down they came down (laughs) quick and luckily there weren't any children underneath them they worked well until they didn't so they did provide some nice shade in there um, and it was a nice place to go for a lesson when the sun was beating down on you but they just did not withstand the snow or the hail so we we didn't we disbanded with those but good idea we continued to remain outside as much as we possibly could even throughout the snowy weather so I included um, a picture of a steam project and that's Mrs. Moore with some of her students we did an outside I believe it was January a skier challenge where kids had to construct either a snowboarder or a skier that would stand up on popsicle sticks first we did a whole um, it was a whole school steam project the kids dug in, followed a, a lesson sample I'd shared with the teachers to do their prototype. And then after the snow came, the kids took it out and tested their skier actually right out on the snow. Oh, so that was so a great. lot of fun and a lot of learning. There's a picture of Mr. Huey who's out there in his Birch Meadow classroom enjoying a read aloud with his class. And it's just like a beautiful, calm, relaxing setting there. And one thing that was not so calm or relaxing, but Mrs. Shelgren can tell you more about was how fun it was to see our kids sledding in the winter on on their bucket lids. So those Home Depot bucket lids are <laughs> really, really convenient sleds. And again, something that we never did before is we've got a, a slope right near the hot top. And I inherited a rule as a principal that we just didn't go on the hill. It was just not a place you went. I don't know what was up there, but we didn't go there. And the second grade team asked me after the first snowfall if it would 
be okay if the kids um, did a little bit of sledding. And I said, sure, why not? Let's go on the hill. And and they've loved it. Um, and that's something that I look forward to keeping up. Um, I don't know what we were afraid of. I don't know what we were all afraid of, but slipping and sliding on the snow was a grand time last year and a lot of learning happening at the same time. You did a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was exciting. Yeah. So this year, um, I think our, one of my biggest fears that I shared with the team, and we talked about this a lot as an instructional leadership team together, was not wanting to go back to old ways, right? So as hard as disruption is and as painful as the pandemic was, we knew we didn't want to go back to a lot of our old ways that just weren't good for kids. Because, you know, what we can see evidence of is that more fresh air, sunshine, more playtime, of course, is always what's best for kids and the amazing learning that was taking place. So this year, we've kept up our commitment to outdoor learning and outdoor eating. So I know I'm the crazy lady in Beverly who says, we're never going back to our cafeterias, but I mean it. Um, We're still not using our cafeteria. And even on super inclement days, our classes are all getting outside for at least um, a recess time and their lunchtime. If it is absolutely pouring or very, very, very cold, then our kids eat in two separate groups with all the appropriate protocols in place inside. But that is extremely, extremely rare. Again, we know that that large group setting for eating is just sensory overload for many kids. Uh, A lot of behaviors come up during that time. um, And we've really made the commitment that we are going to continue with that outdoor eating and learning as much as possible. Just a few pictures from this year's rollout. We have got, uh, we had a summer program, actually, the first little photo collage in the corner is from our summer program, which was a literacy and STEAM six-week program. And every day... Yeah, every day we had students here. That was through ESSER funding. We had 40 students who came and they spent really at least two hours a day outside. They were doing their uh, robotics projects, Mm -hmm. also their natural science experiment projects outside along with art projects and doing writing connected to those projects. Those are a few pictures from that outdoor learning experience. That was a lot of fun. And then getting down, here are some first graders just moving and grooving outside their classroom teachers (laughs) playing music on the Bluetooth speaker and just having a grand time at recess dancing. And we all need to enjoy more time dancing with first graders. <laughs> um, and there's a picture here. There's a, this is a recent picture of the little girl who's working on um, the wall outside. That was another uh, sort of disrupted, but awesome way to think, you know, we teachers were saying, would it be okay if we actually wrote on the walls and chalk? Yes, of course. That's fantastic. Make that your chalkboard. So these children are working on a phonics lesson actually on the wall of the school, practicing their heart words. Oh, right there. Yeah. And we've got that going on in a few different places around the building. And I always encourage that on the hot top or on the wall itself. And then we had something really exciting this year was to celebrate um, Hispanic Heritage Month in October, we held our first outdoor concert with Grupo Fantasia, and that was sponsored by the PTO. We've never had an outdoor concert experience like that before, and it was just a magical, beautiful day. We feel like Mother Nature has been with us on this journey all the way along. Wow. Thank goodness. It goosebumps. Um, it really, just all the outdoor, out, out-of-box thinking, like, oh, well, we never thought about that. So sure. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> no, 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 it was, it was a blast. So PTO had, thank goodness, sponsored that for us. The kids absolutely loved it. The sound was 
great. Mm. Didn't have any issues with the sounds at all. And actually the musicians helped us configure that space in the way that they thought um, the kids could hear best. It was just wonderful to be all together outside in the sun and hearing live music. It was, it was not. I can see the red drums here. Those, yes. Yep. And they, um, they shared about all, all the different instruments that they play and their native origin, each of the instruments. And, and that was just a, a ball. And then the last picture on this particular slide are kindergartners early on in the year um, doing some mystery painting with chalk and watercolor there outside. Mm-hmm. And another just, you know, beautiful thing is that things that you might be reluctant, particularly with the younger learners that are, you know, big messes, like just take it outside. You're going to stress less about the mess and kids you can see can spread out more with their materials. Just amazing. Oh yeah. Community okay. night. Yep. And you were the only elementary school here in Beverly mm-hmm. to actually have an out, was it, it was an outdoor community night. Yep. So again, we just didn't want to do, we've always done an October curriculum night. And, uh, you know, as teachers will, will often say, I, those families and parents who I most want to see don't make it. They right. often don't make it. So we felt like we needed to have another level of engagement for our families. Building relationship is what it's all about, you know, always, but especially in, in this um, midst of pandemic world that we're all in. Many of our families had never visited Hannah before. They'd never been in the building um, or on the school grounds other than to drop off and pick up, especially families of the younger learners. Mm. So we wanted to find a way to engage and connect and have it be a lot more interactive and not just a curriculum slideshow, which teachers sent out. They sent out all their curriculum slides so parents could ask questions and get the overview of, you know, nitty gritty curriculum. And then we asked each of the teams to prepare an activity that we would invite students and their families to participate in. So we planned it outside. Again, we crossed our fingers on the weather and planned a rain date. (laughs) But once again, Mother Nature came through for us, so we're very grateful. It happened to be a beautiful night. I know that Colleen and Maeve are going to giggle. The the dark was the issue, right? Because we're (laughs) on daylight savings time. And that was, I remember Maeve saying, have you thought about the dark? Yes, the dark. We'll have to think think about that one. So we actually encouraged families who came. They made two rounds that night like waves. The first group really was within the daylight. The second group that came in the later end, we asked to bring flashlights. That that added up just a wonderful element to it. It was beautiful to have the oh. kids there with their flashlights at the activities. So the first, I'll, I'll share the, uh, the kindergarten and the first grade activities that our teachers prepared. The uh, kindergarten activity was uh, Monster Mat Really, as you can see. This one was a big hit. I'm not sure who had more fun, the kids or the grownups, but the families had to start on one mat and then the team had to pass the mat forward to have everyone step across it cooperatively. And it kind of like pretending it's like, you know, hot lava or something, you know, you had to go back and start all over again. Yeah. And everybody enjoyed that a lot. So a little bit physical, uh, very silly and a really good time. And then they also took out Ms. Brown, who's our incomparable phys ed teacher. She's just amazing. She took out all the hula hoops too. So in the meantime, if you finish that activity we're waiting for a turn you could just hula hoop it out that's great and look at all the people oh my gosh it was an amazing turnout it was a huge turnout yep and first grade i'll have to send you pictures to share with everybody because i do have pictures of the mural that was created um, something we do as a responsive classroom school is encourage our children to start the year thinking about hopes and dreams mm. and 
the first grade came up with this beautiful idea to have the families as a whole um, write down their hopes and dreams. So they constructed um, a beautiful mural, a banner oh, with women's wow. handprints. Um, they could match their skin tone with the appropriate skin tone paint. And then adults and children were encouraged to write their hopes and dreams. We have that in the library and we're going to be putting that up on the wall as an important reminder to everybody about all the hopes and dreams we hold together with our families. Ah, beautiful. And such good ideas. Seeds of inspiration for so many other schools. Colleen Shelburne's here and she's going to talk about the second grade activity. So the second grade came up with the idea that uh, we teach zones of regulation. The children use them from kindergarten to fourth grade. It's just a way of verbalizing and visualizing how we feel and how our emotions come and go. Mm. Uh, We thought it'd be fun to get the parents involved um, with a movement activity where the kids could toss beanbags into hoops based on the color of their emotion on how they might feel. We gave them some example prompts on, you know, things that might happen, might come up, and we encourage them to share with their family or their friends what zone that would put them in, and then they toss their beanbag into that hoop. It was just kind of a, a fun way to review the zones, to have the kids start talking about it with their families, but it was just a lot of fun to be outside uh, with the kids doing the activity and just kind of getting to know the parents and seeing them and having that kind of time to socialize as well. Uh, we don't always get that on curriculum night, so it was really nice to have have that time spent. Um, and aside from second grade, I just wanted to add to Gabrielle, I have the benefit of being a teacher and a parent. Here at Hannah this year, I have a, a son in first grade and a daughter in third grade. Um, and because I was one of the presenters, I told my husband he had to get home early that night um, and brought the kids. You could help and because it was just easier parking-wise to come in one car. So my children were there for both waves. And That flashlight part, as much as it was, I think, a little bit of a stressor going into it, like what's going to happen, the kids at least took away from it how much fun it was. It was really cool. And have flashlights on, the little lanterns running around. They truly did enjoy it. So it was a a change and a little bit different than normal. But for the most part, the the kids really seemed to enjoy it. And because they got to be there. They're not always there on curriculum nights. So it was a nice little change. And and how creative to really think out of the box with with the flashlights. I mean, it's just absolutely brilliant. Because we all sort of think, oh, well, okay, we can't do anything. And and it's really thinking, how can we use different forms of light to be outside and then to have your whole school outside is just it's beautiful so can you just tell us a little bit about zone what zones of regulation is the zones of regulation it just goes through it's four different zones so the blue zone is kind of when you're like down or tired and kind of low and slow is how we describe it and then the green zone is when you're feeling like a-okay and you're ready to learn and the goal throughout the day is to get to the green zone because that's when you can learn best Mm. but also understanding that you can be in other zones throughout the day and it's okay, but what can we do to get back to green? Yellow is kind of when you're slightly getting towards that out of control, whether you're silly or sometimes it's like the start of getting upset mm. um, or even anxious about something. Sometimes it's even that uncomfortable feeling if like pants don't fit right. The second grade talks a lot about <laughs> Um, And then the red zone is when like you completely get out of control and it could be good or bad when you're either I'm so angry that I can't focus or sometimes we're just so excited that we can't focus and we just lost control. And then we talk about when we get into those different zones, how we can bring ourselves back to green. Like what tools can we use? Either we're taking deep breaths or we're taking a walk or we're talking to a friend, some kids in a hug or someone just to sit next Mm -hmm. to them, but be quiet. Some of them like a spot 
inside or outside where they can kind of be alone or be with someone. So it's it's a nice way to verbalize that we all have emotions and they're all okay, but that in order to learn, we need to be feeling okay inside and feel that happy. Wow, it's brilliant. I love how physical it is. Thank you so so much for that. You're very welcome. The second grade team also had a, because we're also teaching this program to the parents and for a lot of our, we had many new families this year, second grade team put the zones of regulation visuals up mm. on the basket ball court fence so that they could refer back to them. Parents could check those out and really see what those visuals are that we use. We encourage parents to take pictures on their cell phones. They could have that visual at home. It's a, an awesome tool for families as well. I also have it hanging in the room. Oh, there it is. Look at oh, that. Nice. Brilliant. I love it. I love, again, how you've adapted it to be outside as well as a physical activity. It's brilliant. Yeah, they're great. Okay, I'll share about this one. So this was to highlight our outdoor learning experience. So every, as you, as you're hearing, every group had a different goal area that they wanted to focus on. So kindergarten, it was team building. And first grade, it was setting our hopes and dreams. Second grade was a social emotional piece with zones of regulation. Third grade was highlighting outdoor learning. First of all, the third grade team taught the families how we get ready to go outside and what the outdoor learning classrooms look like at snack time and during learning activities and how we use the buckets. And um, they had a couple of buckets out there to show parents what it was like (laughs) to use them, what their child does every day. Because that just sounds so foreign to to so many families when you say, my kid's going to talk, take a what outside? <laughs> um, so that was really cool for them to see the buckets in action. And then they set up a beautiful scavenger hunt for families to do together. And you can see what that checklist yeah. looks. Got more challenging as the evening wore on and we lost the sunlight, but that was when the flashlights came out and we had cell phones and flashlights going all around the back area of the school, which was really, again, Colleen said it, it was totally magical. It's going yeah. to be these kids remember for a very long time because when are you ever allowed to like do something like that at school it's just never been on our radar screen and they just had an awesome time because outdoor classrooms are where we have our snack the third grade team also provided a healthy snack to everybody who came through so they had beautiful apples that they gave to everybody um, as part of that experience as well and everybody just loved it we were that was where we were really kind of shooting at the end of the night (laughs) to linger around the back and say, oh my gosh, I knew you want to stay all night, but it's time to go home. Um, <laughs> oh, that's it just, was really, it was wonderful. Really special. And thinking out of the box, it's so brilliant. All right, fourth grade. And I, and I love how each grade had a different theme to kind of introduce. That's right. So we really, um, at the Hannah School, really pride ourselves on being all inclusive. We're all together. We are all welcome here. And so the fourth grade chose the book, um, All Are Welcome Here. And we designed a book walk activity oh. for the parents to engage with, with their students, with their children. So we took large, really big, large whiteboard easels and we set them up outside in certain spots. And on those easels, we had pictures of the book for parents to read with their children. And along with that, it included chat stations. So we had parents kind of reading. We had children reading it. We gave them the opportunity to talk about it. And it was all about that celebration of diversity and how you can all come together to be a community. Mm. Once they went through 
the book walk, there was a section where they could take a little person and we had all of our, as Gabrielle said, skin tone colors out available for people to color a little bit of themselves and add their heritage onto our, we strung up a rope and string all along so that once the people went through, they could go back and we added them onto our little community links, I guess, links in our community chain and the the children really got a sense of teaching their parents what it felt like to do an activity outside, not just do a learning activity, but to experience it outside and have them kind of go through the motions with them and and get to teach their moms and dads. And one thing I think is important about our curriculum night, excuse me, community night, was <laughs> that all of the students were encouraged to, and all the families, to rotate through all the grades. So fourth grade didn't just come to fourth grade. We actually had parents. So if you had a fourth grader, you started in the fourth grade, but then you went on and you rotated through all of the other activities. And so we really got that sense of community, hence community night, where the children were able to come around and meet the fourth grade teacher, even if they were a kindergartner. They may have seen us in the hallway, but never really had that opportunity to kind of talk to us. And you can see as the night went on, the dark, it gets a little bit darker. As you see in some of those pictures, but we had the benefit of being right at the back where there was this big old bright security light, which we couldn't have planned it better. And then, as we said, parents did have their cell phones and they did have their flashlights and the the children really, really enjoyed it. So it was really such a different feel for as an educator. I've been doing curriculum night for I'm not going to say how long, but it's been a long time. And again, as uh, Gabrielle said, we really kind of see the same faces coming and a lot of I've had some repeat customers in my classroom with siblings and sometimes they're hearing very similar things each year so it was really it was really a stretch for us to kind of think this way and wrap our heads around it but once we did it was such a positive experience that we were feeling the positivity of it and really the families were we got so many great feedback and comments and just the children were just so excited to be able to participate in that traditional come back to school and meet the teacher night so it was really great and what I also think is when you open it up that they can go visit all the other, how that might even be reducing anxiety because I might have that teacher next year or the following year. It's, it really builds that community of like, nope, we're all we're all doing this together. And I love that. There were some big hugs that night too, because we had friends who were remote for the entire year, of course. Mm. And it was very emotional for some of the families to reconnect with teachers that they hadn't they hadn't seen at all, you know. And that their younger siblings had had. And, you know, there was an awful lot of emotion going on that night. Really, really positive. And I agree, Victoria, what you said. It was really grounding for families to have that experience and exciting because on open house night, excuse me, curriculum night, we don't have that opportunity. You just go to your own child. But I also think it's, I was just listening to a woman talk about, well, oh, I don't, she she doesn't necessarily believe like the future is going to be all online. She actually thinks it's more going to be this community building that that the Hannah School is creating because there's such a need now because we've all been so isolated to come together creatively and, and to be doing it outdoors. So it's so, I'm so thrilled that you're here describing this to folks because then other schools 
schools will be able to do follow suit. And you are leading us. Incredible. Victoria, I just wanted to say that what Maeve and Colleen both said about GC, you know, we really didn't exactly know what shape this was going to take when we launched yeah. it off the ground. Like in, in most things, there's a, a, a big idea that I, I bring forward and <laughs> teachers are going, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know, Gabrielle, if that's all going to work out okay. But I really want to say that every single teacher, I mean, in this, this came together in like a matter of just a couple of weeks. They worked so hard. They thought mm-hmm. so creatively. They really pushed themselves, I think, to just, as, as Maeve said, just to do something really, really different. And I could not walk around that night just completely impressed and so yeah. the whole faculty at the way they all came together to do this. It was amazing. Incredible. It is incredible. It's in, absolutely should be really proud. And anything else you'd like to share about your experience about even as a parent, as an educator, your school, being outdoors from last year to this year, anything, anything that you would like to share with our greater community? The nice part has been is that the kids are getting the fresh air. It's, yeah. You know, even if days it's just committing to going out for snack and then lunch, they need a break from the classroom and we're not having much movement break in the classroom right now just because we've introduced centers back and and we're doing more movement it's not fine as it was last year but we're still not like back to all the tables and there's not as much furniture in the room and it's just it's nice to have that outdoor time where they can one take their masks off and you know take a break from that but also just that that fresh air and a a few minutes to move around it truly does set up the rest of the day uh, much better after they have that break. I mean, even as a parent, it is nice that I know my kids are getting outside because sometimes, especially now where it's darker, by the time we do get home, they're not outside as much. The weather's getting yeah. colder, darker. So I know they've had some outdoor time and it is good. They they need that. Yeah. So it's nice that we're continuing it here at school. Are you seeing a, a behavior, uh, the behavior challenges have they diminished do you see a change in that it's definitely a unique year there's just so many different factors yeah just from so much from the last couple years but i think we're trying to handle it the best we can and it is nice i mean some of the kids it truly does set up the rest of their day differently when they get to take a break from the classroom yeah going outside and kind of resetting and then coming back in it is it's a nice it's a break for them and i truly think it does help yeah i i I would agree The, the students really uh push to be outside and sometimes in our rush to come on, we're gonna do this. They'll say, Mrs. Moore, can we do literacy outside? And I'll say, Yeah, and you know, let's go on outside, <laughs> grab your buckets. And having the advantage of having the older learners for me with the fourth graders, I mean, they're not really old, but they are the models for the school and they really take pride in that and being able to transition. I love having the access to the courtyards because yeah. it is really so beneficial for mm-hmm. them. And they are in that little area where they can get out there and I can can give them that freedom to be out there without me for a little while and it's interesting because it's all windowed so I can watch them and they don't always notice that I'm watching and I really have seen them uh, rise to the occasion they're not out there to fool they know it's not a recess time they know it's not a fool around time and they really have become very respectful of the area that we're in and I think that you wouldn't really realize uh, that there a lot of these lessons are taking place outside when you see 
really their finished products and their learning, they are, they're meeting all of those standards in just a different area. You know, it's outside and they really do love it. So as, as I said, I've been teaching for quite some time. So it definitely is a different mindset and you really have to be able to take that leap and take that leap of faith and say, you know what, it is okay. Maybe the four walls of my classroom are not what I need right now. Maybe I need that change of scenery just to break it up. And I take little steps and little steps. And it's funny because on those really, really cold days, I was out in that courtyard with my boots and my hat and my thing. And the kids had their iPads and you could hear us because we were on seesaw. We're okay, kids. And they were loving it. And then once you kind of got past that, you know, you really, your focus is all about the learning. And for me to see joy in the children's faces of being able to go out in that snow and being able to continue their learning wherever we were. It, it really has been all worth it. It's been quite a trip, yeah. but it's really, it's really makes it all worth it. You said exactly the key word, which was mindset. It's, it's really when you take that, that leap into this sort of unknown mindset, that that's really 95% of it. It once you get there, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Gabrielle, do you have any final thought? I know we we keep thinking seasonally with the cold weather coming. How are we going to help keep everybody comfortable and be creative about the learning opportunities? I think that parents have got the message loud and clear by by this point, and they're so supportive that when we say we're going to be out there as much as we can, we mean it. So yeah. get your boots on, make sure your child is dressed in layers. We fortunately have got, we've got backup coats and, and mittens and hats for anybody who should need it. But parents are really supportive, especially, you know, as you said, so many things have gone to an online platform and we still use a lot of learning apps that are, you know, fundamental in in our curriculum. This is really helping to provide a fantastic balance. And so family support is amazing. It's fantastic. And that's for anybody who's planning to make these shifts. I think that is just so crucial because these are not the schools that we went to and we did not have these opportunities. We had our recess period and that was it. So it's going to feel very different for families, but they understand the value. And for working parents who don't have an hour after school to get their kids out to a playground, Colleen, you pointed that out also. I've come to see outdoor learning as an equity issue. And I've talked about that recently with friends. We've got so many friends who, for any number of reasons, it could be safety of the neighborhood. It could be the parents' work schedules. They just don't have access to outdoor time. And this is one way we're creating a more equitable experience for our kids to access fresh air and sunshine. And we love the eating outside. That's something that has been that social experience of kind of picnicking has been, that is where I see big changes in behavior that a a cafeteria can bring up all kinds of just overstimulation and loud voices and things getting thrown. That's where we really see a big difference. Um, And along with that challenges, right? So learning how to be good caretakers of the earth and picking up our trash, our STEAM teacher, Mr. Wood, put together a third and fourth grade leadership committee that is getting out there and doing extra pickup of our outdoor classroom space because we have to take care of that just like we do our classroom. So I don't think it's too far to go to say there are some social justice things here that are involved in the outdoor learning experience that are we're we're seeing as we, you know, we never could have foreseen that. that Like, oh Mm -hmm. my goodness. 
much. We're teaching kids to be better caretakers of the earth. We're giving kids more equitable experiences this way. We're helping kids move their bodies more, which is just what they they need. Getting more physical activity. Teachers, teachers will say, our our steps, I'm going to bet on average are higher than a lot of our (laughs) counterparts in other places. You got staff meetings, we compare steps. That's great. Oh my goodness. And I'm just so proud of I'm just so proud of the teachers every you know step. We've got brand new teachers and veteran teachers having having at it and they support and encourage each other and we work through all the challenges together. And it's because they're just so positive and brave and also are not shy to say, Oh, this isn't working and we come back together and we revise and figure it out together. Well, just I cannot thank you enough. It's it's uh right before Thanksgiving. So I just want to thank you again for your time. I'm so grateful, but so honored to know you and know that right down the street, this is happening. So again, kudos, my hat's off to you for your leadership, Gabrielle, and, and to your fellow teachers and just doing a phenomenal job to make, make this all happen because th- those kids are incredibly lucky, incredibly lucky to be in your leadership and care. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for having us. And thank you for all of your leadership and, and guidance and being an awesome thought partner. Uh, we appreciate it. And we're always here to answer questions and, and be a helpful yeah. resource if we can to others. Awesome. Thank you for joining us here at the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anybody who you think would enjoy it and follow us on Instagram. We'd love to continue the conversation. If you want to continue the conversation even deeper, please join us in the Circle community. The purpose of the Circle is to support, guide, and push you as you continually grow and sustain your outdoor classroom by providing the tools to help you set the right goals and actually follow through in achieving those goals with the support of our amazing community. Each month, 24-7, you get guidance and support from myself. You get to begin your journey with our new member roadmap. You get access to our outdoor teaching boot camp. You get to interact and learn from guest experts who are on our podcast. They come into our membership and join us to continue the conversation. You get to connect and collaborate during two live sessions a month. You get access to all our online workshops and masterclasses. You get get to dig deeper with our membership missions each month. And you get to become an ambassador of joy for children. I hope you can join us at Outdoor Classroom. I will share the link in the show notes and we'll see you later. Come join us.